0: Bula banaka, talofa lava, hello, and a warm welcome to the Business Link Pacific podcast series. Business Link Pacific connects growing businesses in the Pacific Islands region with quality business advice. Hosted by Emma Crawford Falakeono from Business Link Pacific, this podcast series showcases experienced professionals from our growing network. Sharing invaluable insight and expertise, our guests offer a unique view on doing business in the Pacific. Hello and welcome to the Business Link Pacific podcast series. I'm your host, Emma Crawford Falicano. In today's podcast, we explore the topic of female entrepreneurship, gender equality in the Pacific Islands. Women are pursuing entrepreneurship more than ever. However, research shows that gender equality in the startup space is still far from balanced. It is also apparent that women face significant discrimination, compounded by traditional value systems that create barriers for women to carry out simple things like gain access to startup finance, purchase land and open accounts. To shed light on this topic, we have with us on the phone Audrey Jean-Baptiste, Regional Director for Why Her Pacific, an accelerated programme designed by women specifically for female social impact entrepreneurs in emerging markets. Hi Audrey, welcome to the Business Link Pacific podcast. Thanks for joining us today.
1: It's my absolute pleasure. Thank you for having me on your podcast and hi to everyone who is listening.
0: And where are you calling in from today? I'm calling in from
1: Melbourne. So I am from New Caledonia and work across Melbourne, which is where the headquarters of the company um, that delivers where her is from and New Caledonia is home. So I work across both.
0: Oh, Lovely. So let's start by, uh, maybe if you can tell us about WaiHe Pacific, what are the core objectives of this initiative? So to tell
1: you about the core objectives of the Waiher Pacific Islands initiative, I'll first set the context by sharing with you a little bit more about YGAP, which is the parent organisation. So YGAP is an international independent nonprofit, and we believe that entrepreneurship is one of the most powerful ways that we can lift communities out of poverty. We work directly with early stage enterprises led by local leaders and entrepreneurs across the Pacific islands region who are building products and services that not only make money, but also improve the lives of those living within these communities. We call them social enterprises and social entrepreneurs and all of our social enterprises are building businesses that apply commercial strategies to achieving one or more of the global sustainable development goals. The reason why we back these local entrepreneurs and invest in building local teams in the regions we operate in is that we believe local entrepreneurs are the ones who are best placed to understand the unique, often systemic challenges that their communities face. Therefore, they're also the best place to develop deeply contextualized, innovative solutions that work and will work in the long term. We just need to support them in doing that. So that's what our programs do. Uh, We provide entrepreneurs with capacity building, support networks and funding Everything they require to develop and strengthen their business models so that they can grow and reach that financial sustainability, whilst also delivering long-term, scalable social impact. Since 2015, YGAP has run over 44 programs, supported over 515 early-stage enterprises, and those enterprises, because it's all about them and their work, have gone on to improve the lives of over 954,000 people across Africa, South Asia, and the Pacific Islands. Our local team in the Pacific Islands is from New Caledonia, Fiji and Solomon Islands and we've been working alongside entrepreneurs in the region since 2018 where we run a program called WhyHer where we specifically work with women social entrepreneurs. WaiHER as a program was developed as a response to the unique challenges that we observed our women entrepreneurs facing when trying to establish a business in the regions we operate in. So we ran a lot of mixed gender programs and we just realized that women have specific needs and challenges that they face that would be better catered for with a specific program. In most cases, women face more barriers, whether it be cultural, relational, institutional, professional, personal, or others than their male counterparts when trying to launch and grow their social enterprise. They simply don't have access to the same platform when it comes to entrepreneurship. So the Why program was A response to this and it is designed and delivered by women entrepreneurs for women entrepreneurs. We have applied a gender lens through our whole program, so the proven model that we've been running for years, and we've considered gender within all facets of our program so that our women entrepreneurs can develop the confidence, competence and acumen that they need to validate and scale their social enterprises as well as obtain and be qualified for
0: more funding moving forward. So in your opinion, um, Audrey, What is the business environment like in the Pacific, um, especially for women and youth? So the Pacific
1: Islands are, I'm sure our listeners all know, highly diverse in culture, populations, their development, languages, political status, and much more. In my opinion, that makes the region one of the most interesting places to do business, but it can also make it quite challenging. Being from New Caledonia, for example, doing business there As a French colony whose main industry is mining, where we speak French, and it's also a country that is currently going through the process of discussing decolonization, it makes for a very different business environment than the rest of the world, but also than Fiji, for example, where Tali, our program manager, is from. So the uniqueness of the region makes it very special, but can also cause challenges. We hear a lot about the various challenges that Pacific Islands businesses face when trying to trade within and outside of the region. There's anything from the culturally diverse and geographically spread out nature of the Pacific Islands, the location of the region, the relatively small dispersed markets and small populations. And then you've got uh, post-colonial instability and unpredictability. There's a lot of factors that can present challenges for any type of business to operate within the region, let alone a social enterprise led by a women entrepreneur we have seen progress and progress continues to be made towards making doing business easier across the region we've seen improvements to education finance infrastructure but unfortunately those transformations to the systems have not benefited all pacific islanders equally so if we consider women We can't only look at barriers directly relating to activities involved in building a business. We also need to consider all of the barriers that were mentioned earlier, whether they be relational, personal, cultural, institutionals that women face day to day. When these are compounded, it makes it a lot more challenging for them to operate within this already challenging business environment. So, if we share an example of one of our entrepreneurs, Segufta, from Fusion Design, who is based out of Fiji. So she's a social entrepreneur and her business promotes sustainable living through upcycling and recycling of waste materials into furniture and home decor. And she's doing that all whilst economically empowering women and youth by creating job opportunities for them. She mentioned certain barriers that she faced as a woman entrepreneur in the region in the very beginning of launching her social enterprise, no one believed in the project, no one believed in her ability to deliver on the project, so it made it really challenging for her to present a business case to obtain funding. In addition to this, um, her business involves her making furniture and she felt that her credibility was questioned because women making furniture is uh, very rare in the Pacific Islands, so it was difficult to actually get clients and get their trust. And she faced other challenges as well. She's a beautiful mom um, and she's just um, also found, found that in the Pacific Islands region, because social entrepreneurship is a new type of business model and creating impact doesn't necessarily equal success in business, that can also make it a lot more challenging to access support. Today... She has upcycled 400 tonnes of waste materials, created employment for women and youth directly through training and employment as well as indirectly through her value chain and she has 172 customers, both business and consumers. So she's doing extremely well (laughs) but just shows that, you know, if we believed in her earlier, she could be even further in terms of her impact right now. Um, So all these barriers mean that women like Sugupta don't have access to the same platform when it comes to doing business in the Pacific islands. They're not starting from the same starting point often, and they often also don't get access to the same opportunities along the way. And we can see this. We see that we still don't have enough women participating in the formal economy. We're still not seeing enough women in leadership or decision-making position. So we're really still not tapping into the full potential of our Pacific islands population to strengthen this platform for women to do business. Uh, At y we believe that we need to address the root causes behind the barriers that women face in our region and become more aware of our existing biases that we all hold regardless of gender so we can develop strategies and solutions that are equitable, that can lead to equality and tackle the causes of gender inequality and exclusion directly so that women can more fully participate in the economy. And we also believe that we all have a role to play in this. Everyone on this call and everyone across the Pacific Islands region, we all hold some type of power in our respective organisations and fields where we can consciously consider how, whether we're building products or services, policies, whether we're leading transformations, how are these being experienced by women? We can all ask ourselves how we can make our work more accessible and inclusive of all genders. So, for example, if I was offering a loan product, and I see that I'm actually only providing loans to 20% of the loans that I provide are for women versus 80% for men, then why not ask myself, how can I ensure that this is equally accessible for men and women? Is it that the channels I'm using to advertise this product don't reach women? Is it that the collateral that I demand from the applicants is not accessible to women so they can't actually apply in the first place? Considering gender in this way will not only help to create the platform and reduce inequality, but it can have real, tangible, positive business and social outcomes for organisations. Research has shown again and again the benefits of gender diversity, equality and
0: inclusion for organisations. So everyone wins in that case. Oh, definitely. And, and like you say, we all have a part to play in that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, and it doesn't have to start and be really difficult it doesn't have to start with feeling like you need to create a brand new product or a service or lead a new transformation across a region or change your whole worldview. it can start as simple as just going out and talking to a woman social entrepreneurs and seeing the barriers that she faces and seeing whether through your organization through your role in your communities whether you can help and it can be as simple as that so it doesn't have to be a
0: challenging thing from the get-go. So why, why is it important to back women-led social impact enterprises and ventures?
1: So along the same train of thought, to create markets and solutions which will work and benefit everyone in society, women need to be included and equally represented as leaders and decision makers. This applies to all parts of the economy and all systems. Without this equal representation and the distribution of that decision-making power, solutions to problems that are being created, whether it's in the form of products, services, educational programs, policies, they're all being created in a biased way, whether we're conscious of it or not. Um, and they're just not accurately taking into account the differing needs and views of everyone in society. And sometimes they're based on data and hard data is great because it can give us more information, but by bio- data can also be biased. Um, so when we focus in on poverty, it is even more important for women to be decision-makers and leaders. They are the ones who are disproportionately represented amongst those financially vulnerable, and this is exactly why they're best placed to lead the change within their communities. There is just enormous untapped potential for economic growth, social development, community leadership, through increasing the level of women engagement in our systems. By backing women social enterprises, we all benefit. And like I mentioned earlier, we all hold the power within our organizations or even our communities or our households to back them. It doesn't need to be hard. It can be really simple, just sitting down with and listening to our women and asking them how we can make our existing work or communities more accessible and inclusive for them on their journey to building their social enterprise. We can't in this process assume that what we build, whether it's a product or a service or a program, is one size fits all. And as I mentioned before, we can't really rely on that data all the time because that can be biased too, depending on how the data was collected, who was involved in the survey, what the questions were framed as. So we really need to do our bit to go and really understand the problems that women face in the business environment in the Pacific Islands region and see how we can start and help.
0: And how important is it for entrepreneurs to invest in quality business advice?
1: Quality business advice is crucial for I would argue any business (laughs) but especially for an early stage enterprise and especially for social enterprises because you're not only trying to maximize your business outcomes which is hard enough to do but then you're also trying to create social or environmental impact in doing that so it's twofold mentorship advice and coaching can make a real difference in an enterprise ability to find their successful business model so in the startup world that's the startup phase is all about finding your repeatable scalable and sustainable business model um, which is the foundation from which you can then scale and to do that they need a knowledge base of skills they need sector specific expertise they need connections they need quality business advice That being said, The other part of the challenge is that in the early stages of building a social enterprise, entrepreneurs are often trying to balance limited time, limited resources, trying to figure out how to operate and be a founder or an entrepreneur in this world to try and find the model that works in the shortest amount of time possible, essentially before they run out of money. (laughs) So capital can make make quality business advice inaccessible. Um, If you're not able to raise funds, it will make it really hard for you to justify being able to pay the cost of quality business advice because every dollar that you spend on that, and if you don't really know if that service provider is going to be the right person for you and your business, it's too much of a risk to take in the early stages and unless you have the funds available. And that said, for enterprises testing innovative business models, which is the ones that we back, that are developing new types of products and services that both make money and generate impact. It can also be hard to find business advisors who have the experience working with these types of businesses because they are new, they are new all over the world and all systems and advisors are trying to figure out how to best support these types of social enterprises. So that can be another challenge to paying and accessing quality business advice as a social entrepreneur. This is why we're really excited about our collaborating with Business Link Pacific. The BLP model really helps to improve that accessibility of quality ongoing business advice for our early stage enterprises. And at the same time, we really love the fact that it doesn't require the service providers to give up their time or products for free. Um, It doesn't need to negatively impact their bottom line. So it's really a win-win.
0: Well, whilst we're on that subject of your collaboration with BLP, can you tell us a little bit about your your partnership um, with BLP and how you envision your working relationship in the future with BLP?
1: So we started partnering with BLP in 2019 so that together we could try and understand how the BLP model and network of experts can support IYHER social enterprises. And this is still ongoing and we're very much looking forward to seeing what we can achieve together. We've had six of our 24 social enterprises interact with the BLP model and take the business diagnosis assessment and their business health check. That is part of um, the BLP program. And just sharing the story and testimonials from two of them. So we have Fanny from Mama's Mushrooms, which is a social enterprise that focuses on food security, poverty alleviation and psychosocial support for women and girls by the mu- mushroom industry. She's based in Fiji as well, and she mentioned that she was very fortunate and found the business diagnostic assessment really helpful to be able to get a detailed report on areas for improvement for her business. Um, And she also found the fact that the partners were vetted in the process, that it made the linking to partners in the selection a lot more valuable for her as an early stage enterprise. And then going back to Sagifta from Fusion Design, which I mentioned earlier, she's currently applying to be part of the BLP network as well. And so is her designer. So she was really working on her brand and she had an incredible designer who was really helping her, but she just ran out of funds to be able to subsidize that the cost for that piece of work. And so going on the BLP network will allow her to continue to get that valuable quality advice whilst that designer won't have to compromise and provide services or products for free, which doesn't help um, in the end. So moving forward, we're very interested, as I mentioned, to continue to explore how the BLP model can support our social enterprises, but we're also interested in working with the BLP network of interested social um, small and medium-sized enterprises to share our knowledge and observations of working with social enterprises, if that can be helpful, um, and to provide support in considering gender within the products and services that are being created. If you know any promising women entrepreneurs from any Pacific Island country, they can get in contact with us and or apply at YGAP. So that's the letter Y, G-A-P, dot org, slash Pacific Islands. Just to give you some context around the types of social enterprises that we're looking for that are the best fit for our program to benefit from the program that we deliver, it is a venture that has been running for one to three years that is post-revenue, so has at least a customer or a good or or service, or product, uh, is aligned with the sustainable development goals and has a clearly defined selling proposition. We also, of course, are focused for this particular program on women entrepreneurs. So it needs to be a social enterprise that is led by a local founder who is a woman um, that is preferably full time on working
0: on this business and has a team behind her. Wonderful. Um, And is there any other way that people, our listeners can get in contact with you or, or is that the best way to go online?
1: They can get in contact with me directly. And uh, my email address is Audrey, so A-U-D-R-E-Y at Ygap. Again, it's the letter Y G A P dot com AU.
0: Perfect. Audrey, thank you so much for your time today. Um, It's really admirable um, what you guys are working towards. Um, I think one of the key things that all of our listeners can take away is that we all have the power and the ability to make a difference, whether that's within our own businesses or where we're employed, whether it's within our community or even let's just start at home. So thank you for that.
1: Thank you for your time and thank you to everyone who's been listening. I want to mention again that we are big fans of the BLP model. We haven't seen a lot of models like this that are really win-win and truly benefit social enterprises and just small and medium-sized enterprises. So thank you for all of your hard work as well.
0: If you're not sure what type of advice you need, the free online business health check in the BusinessLink Pacific portal helps you identify where there may be gaps in your business that could benefit from quality business advice and support. From there, you can connect with the right business advisor for your needs. Visit businesslinkpacific.com and click on the business health check tab to get started. Thank you for joining us for this Business Link Pacific podcast. And many thanks to Audrey from Why Hair Pacific for sharing her expertise and insights with us today. Please join us for our next podcast, where we'll be exploring yet another topical business conversation with a special guest from our Business Link Pacific advisor network. Until then, thanks for listening. Stay connected with Business Link Pacific by following us on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Business Link Pacific. Connect your business with quality advice.